2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Little bonus mailbag. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing.
3: First, this headline. I haven't read the story. Quite Quite the headline. Scientists say a daily bowl of grapes could add five years to your lifespan. Five years? I can live five more years by eating a daily bowl of grapes? <laughs> I love grapes. Yeah, that'd be a lot I of grapes. I think I might get sick of them. Though yeah, after, that's a yeah. lot of grapes. How big a bowl? How, how big a bowl of grapes do I have to eat every day? And my, I'm going to have a loose stool if I have to oh, eat a bowl oh. of grapes every day. But Welcome f- to
4: stool talk.
3: Five years? That's crazy. Anyway, grapes are supposed to be really good for you. And then, does it count if it comes in wine form? Would be a good question. If it comes in wine form, can do. So, uh, yeah, is that that uh,
4: resveratrol? Is that what that's all? Or what's that substance in wine that they say for a while they said was great for you? And then they said, nah, not so much. Then they said, it's good for you again. It's like the stinking uh, coffee studies that Marshall used to do. Marshall Phillips, yep. our esteemed newsman.
3: You're right. Wine grapes are the same as coffee tell you what up.
4: though coffee though it's it's unequivocal now there are a couple of studies and meta studies that have come out and said yeah clearly drinking coffee is good for you awesome I'm, so i will continue yeah. in fact i
3: wasn't gonna in quit fact, i'll have a sip right now myself just because i care about uh you know my loved ones i'll have a little coffee mm, oh sweet bitter goodness of course some of my loved ones might prefer that i die early i don't know Haven't asked.
4: (laughs) Maybe leave that question unasked. Be uncomfortable. So, a little bonus mailbag. Yeah, I'll go with this one. Uh, DH San Diego writes. Hooray! The Inflation Reduction Act, brought to you by the same people who gave us $837,000 per unit homeless housing. The climate industrial complex dwarfs the homeless industrial complex and soon to rival the military industrial complex. Mm. You know, that's I get their point completely. Government is a giant money spigot. And if you can invent or trump up or or just promote a particular need and convince people that, hey, uh, tremendous money uh, I'm sorry, a tremendous amount of money ought to be thrown at this. And once you open that spigot, you can choose who that gets sprayed on through the awarding of contracts and sweetheart deals and, and your, your, your son, who uh, all of a sudden is a consultant in solar energy or whatever. Um, so yeah, I like the idea of the climate-industrial complex, which has been up and running for some time. Um, let's see. Oh, on a similar topic, Jerome, who is the lesser known brother of frequent correspondent Ja'Shawn, he says, mm. "Jashan, fine correspondent in, in the top tier, Jerome with a very, very strong debut, if indeed this is his debut. Hey, guys, I realized this weekend that the global warming crowd or global climate change crowd, whichever fits the current narrative, is just like the news anchor that mistook the blind guy for the gay guy or the gay guy for the blind guy. I forgot which way. Do we have that clip, Michael? I should ask you for it. The global climate change faux pas just longer and drawn out over many years. It's the same thing, though. We are in a severe drought and will run out of water. I mean, we're in danger of a mega flood. I mean, mega drought. I mean, flood. I guess the answer is, <laughs> is a houseboat. Uh, Whether that way, whether it's a mega drought or a mega flood, with a houseboat, your home is safe either way. Stay dry, gents, or wet, or gay. I don't really care. We're going to interview Eric
5: Weyhenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. So we'll hear about (laughs) that coming up.
2: Okay.
4: As we head to the break, a look at the 6 o'clock. Uh, As we head to the break, uh, just to clarify, does he lay down with men or is he sightless, Jenny?
3: (laughs) Does he need a seeing eye dog or a really tight shirt? Which does he need?
4: (laughs) Anyway, back to Jerome's uh, (laughs) sign off. Anyway, stay dry, gents, or wet or gay. I don't really care. (laughs) That's beautiful, man. Well done. Um,
3: <laughs> You can't do a news story amazed that a gay guy climbed a mountain.
4: <laughs> gay guys do lots of cool stuff, all right? And every avenue of human endeavor. It's not that surprising a gay man would climb Mount Everest. <laughs> figure
3: out how she came to make that mistake.
4: Oh, my God. That's hilarious. And you know what's so priceless about that clip? What makes it so much better? Is that that she says it twice?
3: Right.
4: He's gay. I mean, he's gay. I mean, he's <laughs> blind. We're going to interview Eric
5: Wyman Mayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me, he's blind. So we'll hear about that. I mean, okay.
4: Then. As we head to the break, I'll look at the six o'clock. Does he like to dance, or does he tap with a cane? <laughs> wow. Oh, geez. wow. Let's see, frequent correspondent JT with a completely uh, different uh, point. This one is also somewhat political, uh, and and often we're not political in one more thing, but we didn't get to squeeze in much email today, and some of it was pretty good. Um, The last one, by the way, the next one will blow your mind. Mm. JT in Livermore writes, uh, how great would it be to be a liberal Democrat? You can say and do almost anything knowing that your tribe will back you almost no matter what. Uh, If you don't like that Florida Republicans are passing laws to keep sex and gender out of kindergarten classes, you can call that legislation the don't say gay bill. And every news site in the country, including Fox News, will oblige you by using that name. Yeah, JT, that's made us insane, too. By contrast, your Build Back Better bill is recognized as an inflation accelerator that won't help everyday Americans. Well, simply repackage it as the Inflation Reduction Act, knowing that every single Democrat in Congress will vote for it, even the ones who wouldn't vote for Build Back Better. Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Political messaging is so interesting. If you're cynical enough, it becomes a really challenging and almost fun game. If you're not cynical, you realize, oh, my God, incredibly soulless, dishonest people are misleading the American people for their own profit and gain, theoretically, to do a little good once they get elected. But, yeah, it's just so much of it, as I've said before, is just so dopey and grubby. It's just hard to watch. Anyway, uh, uh, one final one. This is Michael from Austin. Good to hear from Tejas. Uh, heard Jack's soliloquy on opportunity costs. And really, when we were talking about uh, the Gen Z and, and quiet quitting and work-life priorities and that sort of thing, um, they're talking about opportunity
3: costs, too. Sure. That's exactly what they're talking about.
4: Yeah. I'm not going to go extra at work or spend extra time at work or answer emails on the weekend, even if my boss wants me to. I'm going to give my time to things I think are more valuable. And again, if you have an incredible market for for job seekers, you can make that demand won't last forever, though. Anyway, back to the email. Heard Jack's soliloquy on opportunity costs. I highly recommend an essay called On the Shortness of Life by Seneca the ancient philosopher. It deals in depth with that exact point. Seneca uses the example of a man on his deathbed who would give up his entire life savings for a few more years of living. But how that logic never surfaces earlier in life. Mm. Apparently, apparently, people have been undervaluing time for thousands of years.
3: Right. Um, the uh, One of the early examples in that article I was reading from was... Uh, this economist, he was waiting in line at the Costco for the cheaper gas. And everybody is trying to get the cheaper gas. So the line was like 20 minutes long. And he was figuring out how much he was going to save. And it was going to be a couple of bucks total. And do am I willing to trade 20 minutes of my time for a couple of bucks? In other words, am I I'm paying myself whatever ends up being $8 an hour? Do I care about my personal time more than $8 an hour? And the answer is probably yes. If it's not, you would go out and take a part-time job for $10 an hour on the weekends, but you're not. Right. Cuz you'd rather right. have the free time to be with your kids or fish or whatever it is you're doing.
4: Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm not doing shiz nizzle for $8 an hour <laughs> at this point. Uh, I had one more thought, though, oh, oh, about the, the guy, the old man with his life savings uh, and, and wishing for a few more years of life. It's very touching and poignant and worth worth thinking about. One one difficult twist these days is the capability of modern medicine is so amazing, but it's so expensive right, right. now. And, you know, the ability to live a couple more years might come down to. Do you have enough money to pay your share of whatever uh, medical treatment that maybe Medicare wouldn't cover or wouldn't cover fully or would bankrupt your kids or whatever? Um, that's one of the the great, like, the blessing that is a curse of the modern era. They can do such amazing things medically, but it's so freaking expensive. And what's the percentage of uh, what you spend on uh, medical care that comes in the last year of your life or last two oh, years like of all your of life?
3: Practically. Yeah. yeah. Um, the problem I have with that Seneca example is um this is me pointing out why Seneca was wrong. Uh, I think that happens with practically everybody including my own parents maybe if I ask them you end up with more money than you, you know you end up with money at the end of your life. But you didn't know it was going to turn out that way. I mean if you could if you could know ahead of time, yeah, I would dole out my time and money. In such a way that maybe I end up, up to break it zero on that last day, but you don't know, you don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know you don't know you know. Am I going to get injured at age forty five and never be able to work again? So I better make all the money I can right now and save as much as I can. You don't know these things. Am I going to have right. a special needs kid that never is able to work and I need to support him? All kinds of different things can happen.
4: Right, right, yeah. For instance. Uh, Jack, Lucius Anius, Anius <laughs> what, his middle name was not Anus. <laughs> if it was, he should have changed it. And that's on him. Lucius Anius Seneca, the younger, usually known as Seneca, was a Roman Stoic philosopher, statesman, dramatist, and in one work, satirist from the post-Augustan age of Latin literature. I mean, yeah, his, I knew Seneca. I worked with Seneca, and you're no Seneca.
3: Well, his overall point that we value money more than time in a way that's, uh, you know, wrong overall. Yeah, that's fine. But the the whole, yeah, you know, you got to overshoot with the saving money thing and with the making money thing. You just have to because you just don't know what's coming down the road.
4: Yeah. For the sake of yourself and your loved ones. Sure. Again, I, the idea of bankrupting my kids, oh, what a horror. Or, you know, I have one kid who's always going to find it difficult to make a living uh, for neurological reasons. And the idea that I would not have enough to keep her
3: homed, it's a nightmare to me. And even without the kids thing, you don't want to. There's a downturn of some sort and you're eating dog food those last years. Sure. Wish I had worked more, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Is dog food Although my cheaper? dog sure seems to like dog food. He loves it. Is dog food cheaper than regular food? They always use the example of old people who are, don't have enough money eating dog food. That's the that's the classic making the argument old people need more money. Is dog food yeah. even much cheaper than regular food?
4: Or is it? Oh, man. Judy buys the dog food. But uh, Baxi, a uh, uh, bag of dog food, which I think costs somewhere in the $30 range. It lasts them like a
3: month. Because a lot so of like, a a your 7-Eleven food and stuff is pretty damn cheap dog food even cheaper than that?
4: Well, if you want to die, eat 7-Eleven food. We're talking about having a long life here, and you're talking about eating food that'll kill you. Those those uh, rotisserie dogs, please. Eat a stick of dynamite instead.
3: Is dog food healthier than that? Joe Depends Getty, on the dog, food, dog food is healthier than a 7-Eleven hot dog. I'm quoting I you. Don't,
4: I don't recall saying that. <laughs> you just did. Baxter's uh, got a lot of salmon in his dog. He's allergic to everything. He's a high-needs dog. Very picky. Um, I'd imagine it's reasonably healthy. Maybe I'll eat it for a week and see how I feel. <laughs> We're calling it the Armstrong and Getty Dog Challenge. <laughs> you know, I got to admit, guys,
5: I haven't been listening to too much of this podcast. Somebody brought in Hawaiian barbecue it's just oh. wonderful.
3: Uh, everybody's talking about how yeah, great it is. It's very good. I haven't eaten it yet because I'm uh, doing the intermittent fasting, and I was really heavy on the scale this morning, but I'll eat it later. Okay. With all due respect to
4: Texans and Kansans and stuff, boy, at them Hawaiians. Can they barbecue? Ooh! Well,
0: I guess that's it. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.